Good morning from wherever you are listening to this podcast. My name is Kwame, Ghanaian journalist, broadcaster, podcaster and entrepreneur. And in this week's edition of Africa in Focus, uh, today is Africa Emancipation Day. So we'll tell you a little bit more about that, okay? And what it stands for and the importance of the 1st of August. So uh, before we get into this podcast, just to make you aware that this podcast is sponsored by Grow For Me Ghana. Uh, Grow For Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative uh, that helps uh, local Ghanaian farmers uh, farm uh, to give them capital that will help them enough to actually uh, develop further their agricultural enterprise. And so uh, by doing this, it makes the farmers so sufficient and also be able to sell their produce so that they can feed themselves and their families and send their families to school. So this is a very, very fantastic initiative from Grow For Me Ghana. So if you want to be a sponsor and help a Ghanaian farmer, then please uh, click on the link below, uh, which I will leave in the podcast notes to see how you can become a sponsor of this fantastic, fantastic initiative, Grow For Me Ghana. And so uh, it's a special focus in Africa, looking at Africa Emancipation Day. So today is the 1st of August, and uh, it is very significant because the 1st of August 1839 was when the British uh, ended their enslavement of African people in the British colonies. And then this act by the British, who were the first European uh, nation to actually uh, end their trade in slaves and Africans, this led to other European countries following suit. So uh, the Danes were next. They abolished their trade of enslaved Africans in 1840, then the French in 1848, the Swedish 1852, uh, uh, the, the United States uh, 1865, uh, and then Brazil, uh, or the Portuguese rather, of Brazil in 1889. And so uh, 3rd of August is very, very important because it marks the day when, particularly in the British Empire as it was known then, uh, enslavement of African people came to an end. And so this is why, uh, particularly in UK and, and, and uh, the African world, the 1st of August is a day held with high esteem. And so before this day came, uh, I went to Liverpool uh, because Liverpool is a city in England, uh, which was one of the main uh, stays of the trade in African people and I'll tell you a bit about that visit a little later but so uh, Britain of all the European powers and like I said there are many of them involved the United States were involved Britain, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, Belgium, uh, Norway, the Netherlands, Sweden basically all of Western Europe was involved in the enslavement of African people. But Britain, yeah, Britain was the main benefactor of all those nations of the enslavement of African people. To the extent that everything you see in the UK, you know, London, the great, you know, the great city of London, you know, the, the cities of Bristol, Liverpool, which I'll come on to in a minute, Glasgow, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Swansea, you know, Southampton, Portsmouth, 
Newcastle, all these cities I've just mentioned were slave ports and these cities benefited greatly from the enslavement of African people. And also the industry in the UK, the banking industry, the insurance industry, the shipping industry, the steel industry, you know, uh, there is not one industry in Britain that does not have its roots or genesis in the enslavement of African people. And so Britain was a main benefactor of the enslavement of African people. And also industries like the cotton industry, which was central to places like Nottingham, Derby, Northern England, you know, the, the, the textiles in the, in the north, you know, Lancashire, Burnley, you know, the mills of Manchester, you know, the mills of Derbyshire, you know, particularly someone like Belper, uh, you know, in Nottingham, the, the lace industry, primarily built on cotton, which was picked by enslaved Africans in the, in the Cari Cari Caribbean and also the southern states of the US. So Britain was a main benefactor of this uh, inhuman trade in, in, in enslaving, selling and buying and trafficking African men, women and children. To the extent that, you know, before uh, the Emancipation Act so-called of 1839, Britain had passed out a parliament whereby it paid the total back then of twenty million pounds in today's money, more than twenty billion pounds sterling, to more than forty-five thousand British slave traders as compensation for so-called loss of earnings. Because we, as African people, we were not viewed as human beings by the European, the wicked European enslavers. We we're viewed as property. That's why it's called chattel slavery. Yeah, because. African people were not viewed as human beings, we were viewed as cargo and animals and that kind of thing. And so Britain paid, like I said, the equivalent in today's money of £20 billion to 45,000 slave owners. And uh, this is highlighted in the records. For example, uh, UCL College in London, they've got a database that documents this uh, payout of in today's money, twenty billion pounds to more than forty-five thousand slave owners, of we of whom the royal family were also benefited because people need to understand that the royal family you see today, Queen Elizabeth II, her ancestor was Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah, her ancestor started Britain's involvement in the trade of African people in fifteen fifty-five, where she sponsored a man called John Hawkins to go to Africa, capture Africans and enslave them. So much success was the venture of John Hawkins that when he came back to England, he was given sir, he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah, and also uh, the royal family started a company called the Royal Africa Company that gave them a monopoly on the trade of trafficking African men, women and children as well as buying and selling them, yeah? And also, they had a treaty with Spain called the Haciento that gave Britain a monopoly for about 25 years on buying and selling Africans, yeah? So it tells you that Britain was the main benefactor of this uh, trade, inhumane trade, in the buying and selling of African people. And also, my country, Ghana. So if you look at the West African coast, 
from Senegambia all the way down to Luanda in Angola. Yeah, there are more than 75 slave uh, forts, half of which are in Ghana. Because Ghana, for 250 years, was the center of the trade in the buying and selling of African people. Yeah? And so this is why when you go over Ghana, even the former seat of the Ghanaian government, the Christian Boer Castle at Tosu, was a former slave castle or slave holding point. Yeah? So signifying that Ghana, apart from Cape Coast Castle and Elmina, uh, Cape Coast Castle, that was built by the, by, the, by, the, by the Dutch, and also Elmina, which was built by the Portuguese, tells you how Ghana became the center of the transatlantic slave trade for more than 250 years. But going back to Britain, Britain was the main benefactor of this trade, and this is why the issue of reparation, particularly Britain's concern, but not just Britain, but the whole Western society, because slavery or the enslavement of African people built the whole Western nations. And to give you two books, of how to many, many books that highlight and chronicle this, there's two books that you, that you can read as a, a footnote for this information. So the first is Capitalism and Slavery by former Prime Minister of Trinidad, Eric Williams. Second book is How Europe Underdeveloped Africa by the great Walter Rodney. And those books, both these books pinpoint how the UK in particular made its wealth, or particularly the West made its wealth, uh, as a result of the inhumane and callous treatment of African people by European powers. And so this is why reparations is important. And the reparations basically means is the uh, physical and financial repair of the damage that was done, not just to Africa, but also the, carriers, the, the Caribbean, by these slave trading nations for the enormous profits that they gained in enslaving African people. And most of you don't understand that Africans, people say Africans are Africans, which is, which is a false and a lie, lie so that the European can get to his barbarity. What you need to understand is that the papal bull of 1452 by Pope Nicholas V sanctioned this humane act. Go and Google, go and research for yourself the paper ball of 1452 that these European tricksters came up with via religion to use to justify the enslavement of African people. If it wasn't for that paper ball, this trade would have never happened. But because they're so rich in Africa, Vasco da Gama in 1441 went on a so-called expedition to Africa, particularly the West Coast, and saw riches for himself, gold, diamonds, bauxite, these rich mineral resources that Europe didn't have, went back to Portugal and formed Queen Isabella about this. And because Queen Isabella and the Catholic Church were very, very tight, they had to come up with this wicked paper bull to justify that Africans were inferior and that they had to be enslaved in order to civilise and, you know, civilise them. And that was how the paper bull of 1452 came about. And that was the genesis of what became known as the so-called transatlantic slave trade. But we call it the enslavement of African people. And so the vast profits 
that were made by all the Western European countries and America and Canada is why reparations is important. Because the Jews, after, their, after they were treated barbarity by Europeans, by their fellow Europeans in the so-called Second World War, which was really a European tribal war, they were compensated for their people, 6 million dying in the Holocaust between 1939 and 1945. But do you know that more than 200 million African people lost their lives, particularly in the Middle Passage? They never saw the Americas of the Caribbean? Yeah, this is according to our great historians, Chekanta Diop, John Henry Clark, George E. Jackson and others, who state that more than 200 million African people lost their lives in the Middle Passage, let alone the torture and the brutality and the severe punishment that went on in places like Jamaica, in Haiti, in Brazil, in Suriname, in Canada, etc., and particularly some of the states of the United States that went on, that also involved the loss of life of many, many millions of African people. And so this is why physical and mind reparations is at the centre of this whole issue about reparations uh, for the atrocity committed by Western nations in its role in the enslavement of African people. And like I said, if it wasn't for this papal bull that they conjured up using their fake religion, none of this would have happened. And so I went to the Transatlantic Museum in Liverpool to see uh, some of the artefacts that had been stolen uh, from the British and that were brought back from West Africa, uh, namely modern-day Ghana, modern-day Nigeria, to Liverpool. And so I employed to watch this uh, very interesting 15-minute, uh, uh, you know, short film that I did uh, during my visit to Liverpool. And if you are living in England, I would strongly urge you to make a visit to the Transatlantic Sleep Museum in Liverpool, in England, to see how rich our history is. This is what they stole from Africa, particularly the West Coast, and brought it back to the UK. These things that they stole, the drums that you see in the video, some of the artefacts that date more than 300,000 years, yeah, the, 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 the thing that they can't take off, some of, our, some of our ancient drums, yeah, some of our horns, these things should not be in British museums, yeah, because they were stolen property. These things need to be returned back to its rightful owners, i.e. the people of West Africa, yeah, as part of the reparations uh, deal that needs to come out by compensation by this vicious trade of African people. So please watch the video very carefully to see how things that they looted, that they stole from Africa, has ended up in British museums all across the UK, but specifically the Maritime State Museum in Liverpool. And so I hope you enjoy the short film. And if you enjoy uh, watching this short film about uh, the Maritime Sea Museum in Liverpool, uh, please don't forget to like and share. Also subscribe to the uh, Africa in Focus, Ghana in Focus podcast. Uh, you can subscribe, go on any of the main uh, podcast providers, be it Google, be it Spotify, 
be it um, tune in, whatever, and sign up or subscribe to the podcast so that anytime I post a podcast, you will get it automatically on your feed, all right? So for myself, Kwame, and all of the production team here at Africa in Focus, thank you very much for listening. Uh, do watch the short film that I made, and we'll see you uh, in next week for some more Ghana and Africa in Focus.